0: You're listening to Reimagined Radio. Real talk, real life, real magic.
1: All about helping you find the love you want in your life, and loving the life you have right now. World-class experts, thought-provoking topics, and conversations and deals that are going to help you live the life you really want, starting today. So pour yourself a cup of tea, have a seat, and get ready to join Love, Life, and Law of Attraction. Well, hello, everyone. This is Lisa with Love, Life, and Law of Attraction. And I am here with my snoring dogs, ignore them, coming from beautiful Washington State, where we are finally having some amazing weather. So I'm in a really good mood. And I'm happy to share a few minutes with you today. Because I want to talk about something that I think is really important, which is dominant vibration. Now, Most people, myself included, when they find law of attraction, they probably even sought it out in some way or another because they were having some sort of problem. But most people are looking to leverage LOA or deliberate creation to fix something in their lives. I mean, for me, it was money straight away. And I went through a couple incarnations with it. I mean, I've tried really, really, really hard to work LOA on money specifically or love specifically. And you get a little bit of a bump with that. You really do. I mean, when I first found LOA, my financial life was really, really rocky. It was not solid. It was kind of a mess. But the reality of it was my entire life was kind of a mess. I mean... Nothing happens in our lives in isolation. and I think that time we are focused really, really, really diligently on solving a problem, inadvertently, we are still just focused on that problem. And that is not terribly useful. I mean, when I first started leveraging deliberate creation at money, like I said, i I did see some success with that, but not a lot, and not consistently certainly not enough. I mean, I would get a little bit of a bump and then it would slide back and I would get a little bit of a bump and then maybe it would slide back further than it was when I started. And I could see that it was working like the system worked, but I couldn't figure out why it wasn't working well enough or consistently enough. And it is because my money stuff was not isolated from the rest of my life. My relationships were a wreck. My health was not very good. My money stuff was screaming, but the rest of my life was also kind of in pain, and I was focusing only on money. My dominant vibration, the vibration that I had about everything, sort of the overall attitude of my life, wasn't high enough to shift any one area by itself alone. I could never shift my money vibe to be higher than what my dominant vibration was. And I think that's really important. I mean, the dominant vibration is the sum total of what you're vibrating about everything. And you can't shift one area higher than that sum total. I mean, maybe a little, but probably not a lot. And again, not consistently. I think that's why some people get really hit and miss results with Law of Attraction. I mean, you can make a little bit of progress, but it's not sustainable because your dominant vibration, that sum total of all of it, is going to put a ceiling on what you're really able to shift. And the Cliff Notes version here is that all problems, many problems, health problems, relationship problems, whatever they are, all problems are dominant vibration problems. It's about what's going on with your whole life rather than just that one thing. That's why Abraham, or Esther always says through Abraham, or Abraham says through Esther, there you go, that you know your work is to just go get happy. And yeah, that's easier said than done, but it's the truth. Because when you go get happy, that sets your dominant vibration in a much higher place, and happy things can get in in all of the cracks and crevices of your life. They hit all of the major areas of your life. So if we can back off of trying to laser focus our deliberate creation skills at one thing, that big, quote, problem, unquote, and really look at our entire dominant vibration, how we're feeling about everything, what our attitude is about and in our lives, everything shifts. That old adage that a rising tide lifts all shifts, lifts, ugh, I'm a tongue twister, A rising tide lifts all ships. And that is very true when it comes to everything that's going on in our lives. So I want to talk about three ways to rock your dominant vibration today and every day. And these three little these kind of feisty. A couple of them are really feisty. Um, But I think that they have a potential to set you up for an ever increasing dominant vibration that doesn't plateau out and these are the kinds of things that are easy well simple simple to understand not necessarily easy to practice but once you get good at it once you really master these three things these are the kinds of things that really move the dial in a big way on your life so we're going to pause for a quick commercial break we will be right back to go through those three things There is no choice in life that will have more impact on your happiness than who you choose to share it with. Everyone wants to find that one big love. However, most people are looking for that love kind of like they would play the lottery. Finding great love is not a game of chance. Score Your Soulmate by Lisa M. Hayes is a by-the-numbers guide to finding the love of your life and creating a life you love. Score Your Soulmate is a step-by-step soulmate finding formula that anyone can follow. What you will get along the way is a swoon-worthy life you'll want to share with that perfect someone. You can find Score Your Soulmate on Amazon or your local bookstore. Get your copy and start your journey to happily ever after today. Okay, we are back. Let's dive right in here. So, tip number one. Learn to master your dominant vibration. So, what that means is most people are very consistent with what I would consider their thought equation, meaning how many negative thoughts they think to how many positive thoughts they think. And I think most people, and you might like raise your eyebrows at this, but most people think between five to seven negative thoughts for every one positive thought they think. And a lot of people are even further into the negative side of that ratio. And that ratio really matters because it sets the tone for your entire life. Now, I have worked with a lot of clients. I have (laughs) interacted with a lot of people. And I have paid attention to this, not only in my life, but in other people's lives. And I am very good at counting things. It's kind of a weird OCD type sort of thing I have. So this is something that's pretty easy for me to keep track of. And I can tell you, and you'll believe it when I say it because it makes sense. When, you're, when you are looking at somebody who has a very high positive to negative ratio of thoughts in their lives, you're looking at somebody whose life works. If they are thinking way more positive thoughts than they are thinking negative thoughts, you're looking at somebody whose life just comes together. I mean, it kind of seems like they have a magic touch. Things seem effortless for them. And when you're looking at somebody whose life is in complete chaos, kind of a mess all the time, you are probably looking at somebody who has a high negative to positive thought ratio. And that makes sense, right? Because when your life is in the shitter, of course, you're thinking negative thoughts. So it seems like the thoughts follow the results. But really, the results follow the thoughts. It's what you're thinking. It's the tone of your life. I mean, even if you don't believe in law of attraction, you have to kind of You have to acknowledge, right, that positive thoughts lead to positive behaviors and that the behaviors create outcomes. So even if you don't buy into the woo-woo stuff here, you have to sort of know that the equation still holds water. Positive thoughts lead to positive behaviors, lead to positive outcomes. This equation, how many negative thoughts you think to how many positive thoughts you think or vice versa, creates the entire experience the entire life you live in. So I think the easiest trick to learning to master this, again, so simple, not necessarily easy, is to be very intentional and disciplined about it, which means if you catch yourself thinking a negative thought, and trust me on this, you won't catch all of them. But when you do have an awareness that you are thinking a negative thought, a thought that doesn't feel good about something that you don't want to be thinking, noticing something you don't want to notice, analyzing something in a negative way that makes you feel crappy, when you think that negative thought, stop yourself on a dime and force yourself to think 10 positive thoughts on top of it, 10. So every one negative thought, you are forcing a 10 to 1 positive thought ratio. I mean, first of all, you're going to get really thought picky when you practice that a lot, because that requires some effort. You're not going to want to put yourself through that effort. So you're going to get to be kind of snobby about the thoughts you think. That is, and it happens pretty quickly. Secondly, it changes the equation. It changes the entire tone of the life you're living in. I mean, imagine yourself, imagine your life. If you were thinking 10 positive thoughts to every one negative thought, what that ratio or that equation would unfold for you. It requires some awareness, it requires some diligence, it requires some discipline, and it is totally worth it to learn to manage your dominant thought equation. Tip number two, obsess about what's going right. Now, reptilian brain, I mean, we've talked about reptilian brain before, if you've listened to my, any of any of my shows, but reptilian brain kind of trips you up and tricks you into focusing on what's going wrong. That is sort of that survival instinct, like to be highly aware of what's going wrong. And life's not perfect, right? We have things, all of us do, I do, most people do things that aren't perfect, that are going wrong, that maybe don't feel absolutely the way we want them to feel. And that reptilian brain part of ourselves is sort of tricked into obsessing about that. It's about safety and survival. But so many of our reptilian instincts are kind of outdated in the world that we live on. And obsessing about those things, not too surprisingly, makes them look and feel bigger inside our own minds than they really are. It certainly, from a deliberate creation standpoint, sets the stage for attracting more things that feel like that. And it eclipses everything else that's beautiful about your life. I mean, if you woke up this morning and you're breathing, right, there are more things going right than going wrong. But when we're focusing inadvertently, not, you know, not being intentional about it, when we slip into that sort of reptilian practice, of focusing on what's going wrong, we quit seeing all of the things that are beautiful, all of the things that are working, all of the magic that surrounds us every single day. And coming from a multitasker, it's hard to admit, but the reality of it is we can only focus on one thing at a time. So by deliberately and intentionally not just focusing on, but obsessing about what's going right, You can change your dominant vibration very, very quickly. And there are so many things to focus on that are going right. I mean, I can just look outside my window right now and see the beautiful trees and the nature and sunshine, and I'm sitting here with my dogs, and they are amazing. In my home, and I have a roof over my head, and I have people who love me. I have things that I can obsess about that are going right. And by getting in that practice of obsessing, about what's working, I quit noticing what's not working pretty quickly. You can't focus on more than one thing at a time. And you get to decide where your focus is pointed. So obsess about what's going right and let that eclipse what's going wrong instead of vice versa. That will give you a bump in your dominant vibration. Number three, this one is tough, but I think it's important. Become an uncompromising vibration snob when it comes to who you spend your time with. I mean, you've all heard it, that we are a compilation of the top five people we spend the most time with. And I don't know where that number five came, up, came from, but I think it's true. I mean, vibration is contagious. It spreads like a virus. And if you're spending a lot of time with people who are predominantly positive in their outlook, you'll catch some of that. That's why successful people, successful and happy people, tend to hang out with other successful and happy people. The contagion of that is very powerful. But conversely, if you're spending a lot of time with people who are struggling and they're angry and they're complaining and they're hating life, eventually you're probably going to catch some of that too. Now, I'm not saying that if someone in your love in your life goes through a rough patch that you should just ditch them because you don't want to be, like, exposed to their negative vibe. Of course you're going to stand by the people that you love. However, I'd be really mindful about, like, who you hitch yourself to in terms of long-term relationships particularly with people that are always in some sort of struggle. I mean, I've learned that lesson the hard way because I'm a pretty compassionate person. So I have a tendency in my life to like want to be there for people who are going through rough times. But when people who are going through rough times are always in a rough time, that has an impact on my vibration, just like it would yours. And you want to form relationships with people who are where you want to go. And you want to form relationships with people who have what you want to have. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. You have to be really careful that you're not defining yourself by continuing to be in relationships that anchor you to your past with vibration that you have grown out of. Relationships are your closest mirror of identity and they are a predictor of your future. So by being sort of a vibration snob when it comes to choosing people that you spend time with, you get to kind of control the dials. Literally, you're in sort of a control room and you can turn that dial on where you want to go and who you want to be. So those are my top three tips. I'm going to review them for you. Learn to master your dominant vibration through your thought equation. Positive thoughts to negative thoughts. Learn to keep track of that ratio and work it to your advantage. Obsess about what's going right instead of focusing on what's going wrong because you can eclipse your awareness of what's not working by focusing intently and deliberately on all of the amazing beauty in your life. And number three, be an uncompromising vibration snob when it comes to who you spend your time with because your relationships are a mirror of your identity and a predictor of your future. So if you ever want to get a hold of me, and I would love to chat with you, it's Lisa M, as in Lisa Marie, LisaMHayes.com. And big love to you. Have a great week.
0: (music) Everyone talks about self-care. No one ever really teaches you how to do it. Love is a verb. If you want to love yourself more, you have to treat yourself like someone who's worthy of love. Behavior first, feelings will follow. The Self-Care Clinic is a free digital course that will teach you to behave your way to self-care and self-love. You will learn a practical, measurable approach to self-care that will save your sanity and might just save your life. Go to www.TheSelfCareClinic.online. That's www.TheSelfCareClinic.online. Register for free today.
1: Law of attraction we hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you back here next week for more information you can find me at lisamhage.com